your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Might snow out. I thought it was supposed to snow out. It hasn't happened yet. No snow squall. John Havlicek's in here. He's the Lacrosse. Uh, Education Association president. Did I do it right without even well without done. even using my notes? Uh, you've been doing that eight years. Eight years, yes. Sir. And you're a Spanish teacher. Yes, sir. At Central for twenty. This is the twenty sixth year. Still, twenty uh, fourth at Central, but twenty six overall. Overall, okay. I had a friend I play volleyball with said that she had you as a Spanish teacher, and oh. they call you now. I forgot the Spanish word for teacher. Profe. 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 profe there who it is. That? Who is that? Uh, her name is Christina. Now I can't think of her last name. Christina Barr? But her last name has changed because oh. she's married. So okay. I'll show you a picture of her uh, <laughs> okay. in, during the break. I'll probably remember her Spanish name. But, uh, yeah, obviously uh, you have an article out mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of different places on wisdomnews.com. Uh, as the spokesperson, of, obviously mm-hmm. you're the president of the Lacrosse Education Association. So uh, eventually I want to get into the article you're endorsing, there's six candidates running for lacrosse school board. You're endorsing uh, th- half of them, right? Yes, because sir. there are three open seats. Is that why? Is that why it's three? Because there are three open seats, and we want these three people. Would you? Would there ever be? First of all, this hasn't happened in a while. No, endorsing it has not. a candidate. It's been thirty years or more. Thirty years. What yeah. happened thirty years ago? That was it. The norm. Thirty. I mean, I know you weren't. I wasn't in lacrosse you, teaching. No, yeah. I don't think it was the norm then either. Okay. Um, but more of that kind of stuff happened. Okay, so the, the the endorsing. We've had this conversation a few different times. I don't want to deep dive into it yet. We can do that in a minute. Uh, just how um, you not, the Lacrosse Education Association isn't uh, – it's nonpartisan, so it's not oh, a partisan yeah, thing. Yeah, but we, we've, and what, part of me wants to have a conversation about how we've trickled partisanship down yeah. to this race, and it, it has a little bit to deal with your endorsement, but maybe on the flip, on the opposite side of maybe who you're not endorsing. But um, other things I want to talk about: that we're ending the mask mandate in schools yeah. in a couple of. Well, a couple of weeks, I should yeah. say, but we announced that. Uh, well, we didn't announce it. Engel sent a letter to right. to parents right. that I don't get. I don't, I <laughs> we should get those letters so that I could see that and write that up. Um, and what what else I want to talk about? Just uh, the difficulties, maybe maybe uh, how the recovery is going from a year off of having in person classes, and we're we're doing this. This is a full year and a half mm-hmm. now. Or no, a full year now we've been in. It's been about a year back. that we've been back, yep. So the, the difficulties of transitioning and and uh, how everything there goes. But before we get into any of those issues, I I saw that, uh, what school was it? Lincoln Middle School? I think the librarian brought her, her what is it called? I don't know how to say it. Maltapu? Is that how you say that dog's name? Oh, yeah. Uh, her his name is Gus. I guess I'm guessing yeah, it's a, a guy. trained like therapy dog. Yeah, it's her rescue, and I think mm-hmm. uh, she brought it in as a therapy dog. I think she brings it into uh, Lincoln once a week. I don't know if it just hangs out in the library. That would be pretty <laughs> funny, but uh, you know, it's it's kind of thing. And maybe they do that more. But I I really th- I really think uh, and somebody I really think maybe every school should just have a therapy yeah. dog or a therapy dog day or week. Uh, maybe not week, but once a week, a therapy dog day. Do you guys you ever talk yeah. about doing this? Yeah, we did have uh, therapy dogs. A couple come in on Friday. 
okay. last week for a little while. You know, it's it's hard for the dogs because they can get overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as well, especially in a, a big school, you know. Um, but it's good for the kids. And there are a lot of kids, you know, I, I grew up with dogs. And I, like, I have a dog now. Uh, he's an absolute beast. He's like 90 pounds. He's huge. And it is therapeutic to just be able to sit and pet them a little bit. And they, you know, they kind of nose you and stuff. And and there are a lot of kids that have a lot of stress in their lives. And they get to pet that dog for five minutes and it they smile. It, it improves their whole day. How so. distracting. I know when you, when in lower grades, often the class will have a, Either it's a gerbil <laughs> yeah. or maybe even just fish. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know how. I. I've never thought about this. How distracting do you think having a pet in the class would be? Having a dog in the class, like wandering <laughs> around, would be very distracting, right? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is, is just what you get used to. So you know, I mean, like the the dogs that come to Central or came to Central, um, that was a very controlled environment, and the kids went to the dog. So they came out of study hall or they came out of resource and, you know, yep, you can go, go hang out with the dogs for 15 minutes or whatever. Uh, the, the little kids, you know, in like an elementary school or whatever that have a classroom gerbil or hamster or whatever it is, right. they have, you know, I think the kids generally get used to it. And it becomes a real, like, a real teachable thing for these little kids to be able to care for this pet. You know, somebody that is really completely dependent upon you for food and water and shelter. And and I think the teachers will send the pets home with kids over the weekend and they, you know, they'll talk to the parents about it and make sure that the parents are on board. Right. So that the kid isn't like, hey, mom and dad, I got a gerbil. Now I want you to buy me one. Well, and you definitely know, you know that somebody came back after the weekend and said, mm, the gerbil didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would hope not. I would hope not. Well, but yes, I'm definitely sure that's happened, happened somewhere, yes. or especially like a goldfish or something. Yeah. Yeah, not that they're taking it, right? not that they're taking goldfish home for the weekend, but um, gerbil a little different than yeah. you know caged animal in the back of the classroom that runs on a hamster wheel or whatever gerbil yeah. wheel. Uh, that would be funny though. Just all of a sudden you hear all the kids would be like, "What's going on? Oh, he's on his wheel." But that's a little bit different than having a a dog. Maybe if it was my dog, she's twelve. She would tail wag and hang out and want to talk to yeah. everybody for a couple minutes, but then she would just go lay on the bed for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. And Millie wouldn't be very distracted, but I, I would see, I don't know. I think it would be, it would be a bad idea to have a classroom dog. How popular yeah. would your class be if you just had your dog? <laughs> Number one. I don't know if your dog is 90 <laughs> pounds. One. I don't know what he's like. But, <laughs> well, but everybody uh, would be taking Spanish, right? Yes. I mean, my dog's a gentle giant, right? He's a Labradine. Okay. Oh, so boy. he's part black lab, part great Dane. And oh, the kids would love him. Kids would love him. And but you know, in general, when they do that kind of stuff, and and you know, those dogs are highly trained. You can't just bring in any old yeah, family sure. pet. And those dogs are really well trained, and it's a real benefit for the kids. Yeah, it really is. It makes sense too to have it just a special day in a special area because not everybody likes dogs, right? right. Some kids Correct. are completely. And then I'm just waiting for the big cat lobby to be like, hey. <laughs> What about a therapy cat? Because I'm, I guarantee there's therapy cats out there that would be just as awesome for for I'm people sure. in the in the whole other, you know, aspect of this. Because if there was a therapy cat, I would be like, yeah, that'd be cool. If we had a cat in here right now, it'd be awesome. Yeah, you'd have fewer mice. <laughs> fewer mice. Yeah, there is a lot of mice in here. Uh, that's John Havlicek. He's the Cross uh, Education Association president. He's a Central High School Spanish teacher. We'll have to do a Spanish segment. I don't know what part <laughs> we'll do that yet, but we got to take a break. 
right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If anyone wants to get in here talking lacrosse schools, essentially, well, we're talking about dogs is what we're doing, which is the <laughs> show that I want to do every day, all day. And uh, I think everyone would appreciate it, I think. I'm not sure, but I, I, I just have a biased opinion. John Havlicek in here. You can hear him giggling. He's the Lacrosse Education Association president, and he's a Spanish teacher. He's been doing Spanish for 26 years, 24 at Central, right? Yes, sir. Um, does Spanish ever get old? Does Spanish change when you teach it for 24 years? Does it change ever? You know, <laughs> like, I, I guess maybe the way you the, the way you convey it. To, yeah, I mean, the language itself doesn't, but we also teach a lot of culture. Um, and that stuff is always changing, you know, yeah. always evolving. And, you know, Spanish is kind of what the cool kids do. So. Oh, really? You think so? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, 26 years. That's a long time to be teaching. Uh, I'm just trying to think of, because this job is very variety. Yeah. So teaching sometimes, you know, another thing that I'm just kind of pondering, like, oh, yeah, teaching might not be that much, but for your field might not be that much variety, but if you're teaching culture and stuff well, like that, it is you though, can... cause the kids, you know, it's, I mean, even the same kid 100 days in a row is not going to give you the same thing. Yeah. Now you have a hundred kids and then, or more. And next year you get a hundred new ones. Yeah. That's the <laughs> so variety. Never mind. Variety. There we go. <laughs> See, I knew you would fix it for me. I just like, the thing is, uh, you got to look at the other aspect of this thing. There's the, uh, these 20 kids in here that are all different, and every way you you, you interact with them is going to be unique. Yeah. Um, all right, so obviously, uh, our, our, not obviously, article on lacrosse or wisdomnews.com about your your association, the Lacrosse Education Association endorsing candidates. Haven't done that since you say about 1992. We haven't done this possibly yeah, in there. You know, we tried to chase it back with some uh, retirees, and they said. You know, you could safely say it's been at least 30 years. 30 years. So, and, and 30 years ago, something unique happened in the area because of Sure, that, if you want to talk cause. school boards, yeah. Yeah, when it, when it comes, because we have a school board race now. We have yep. six candidates. Uh, three are running like their own, and we can get into, you know, running as a as a one group. As which a seems, slate, kind of. Yeah, like we're all on this. We all have the same viewpoints, apparently, and then three others are kind of on their own, they're running their own. Yeah, they're also campaigns. kind of loosely running as a slate. Again, loosely. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to get into the political, you know, election ramifications because I don't know it. Yeah, and I haven't. I don't see flyers for the other three together, but I see flyers yeah. for the for the the one the one pair, the one three, the one trio. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so back in 1992, uh, sure. lacrosse was was building new schools and. Yeah. and Back in 92, the school district built two new schools, um, Southern Bluffs Elementary and Northwoods Elementary. And they were trying to kind of vitalize, not even revitalize, vitalize those areas. And there was a lot of heat. Um, They got a lot of heat for it. Uh, Those schools are beautiful schools. They're well attended in the whole bit now. Um, But at the time, they had to redraw the attendance boundaries. And the teachers' union was very supportive of a particular plan that the administration, the school board, I suppose, brought forth to rebalance the schools um, in terms of socioeconomic status of the students. Uh, There's a lot of research out there that there's kind of a a tipping point. When you get about maybe 50% free and reduced meals, which is kind of the proxy we use for Mm -hmm. student poverty or childhood poverty, 
when you get above that, you start to see school-wide really negative effects. And we call it the peer effect that, you know, what happens around me affects me. And so you had one school, Hamilton, had something like 85% childhood poverty. And in the same district, I think it was State Road Elementary School had like 4 or 5% childhood poverty. So what they tried to do was balance it out. And the studies, all the research shows that that is a benefit to the students from upper socioeconomic status families, middle socioeconomic middle class families and lower SES families. And when you say balance it out, you mean just that we're going to bring some of the kids that aren't in poverty for school yeah. lunch essentially that's how we're measuring this. Yes. We're going to we're going to integrate them with yes. uh, some of the we're just going to integrate middle, lower and upper class students yes. together. Yes. Uh, because that's exactly it. because those kids will uh, you know, it's almost like you have Giannis. I'm going to do a basketball analogy. Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> he's the best player in the NBA. He's also the like very young, yeah. and but he and he also is going 100 percent all the time, even in an All Star game. Yeah. And when you see your best player, right, or you see your one of your students in class, he's always like mm-hmm. on it. He's he's maybe he's encouraging kids. You see him working mm-hmm. hard. Uh, I don't know how that translates. I don't know how their kids can see the kid working hard, but I can uh, see Giannis Antetokounmpo. Wow, Giannis is going really hard in practice today, yeah. and he's getting paid $30 million a year. Maybe I should also go really hard in practice today because yeah. he's you know, because he's the best, and this is why. Yeah, I mean, there's the, the peer effect plays out. It's very subtle, um, but, but the scientists, you know, the people who study this stuff, can absolutely tease it out, and it's – it's solid. This is not maybe or a little bit. It's, it's absolutely there. And so what we know is if we can balance schools by SES level, um, all kids in any group, any spot on that spectrum, benefit. So the district tried to do that, and they came up with this busing plan, and it was very controversial. We were maybe the second district in the country to try to do this. And it sparked a recall. And I was not teaching in lacrosse. I was still in college. Um, so I couldn't give you, like, firsthand account, right? No. But you can read about this in the New York Times. You can read about this in the Washington Post. Uh, I found a, a grad student was working on their Ph.D. dissertation or thesis or whatever, and they did this. Um, you can find it online. And so was this experimental back then? Probably because it, it, if there was, it was only the let's second. Let's say it's controversial. It was okay. Kind of, it was in, it was on the front edge. Yeah. Okay. But the research was clear then. Yeah. I mean, what we know in education, a lot of it we've known for decades. Yeah. And so it sparked this recall, and I think four candidates got tossed, and four new ones came in that were against that, of course. Right. And then what they found out was there were going to be like 600 kids more that got bust out of several thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay? They, I think they put in a new option for those folks, their families, to opt them out of the busing. Like 500 and some just said, no, fine, just send our kid wherever you're going to send the kid. Yeah. And the next regular election, I think three of those four candidates got voted out. Yeah. And it was, you know, the, the, the parallel, I think, to be drawn to what we're kind of going through right now is that, like, then and nationally now and 
and I think it's playing out in local school board races, is you get folks that maybe aren't interested in the service aspect of public service. They're upset about a particular issue, and then that's okay. You know, it's good to have involvement, right, and engagement. But they're really just upset about one issue. And what we find is that sometimes the issue that they're upset about, they actually don't understand all everything behind that issue to begin with. So the the retrospect of this election back in 92 was that people were upset about the two new schools. People were upset about spending. People were upset about the busing thing. And they cobbled it all together and and got elected on a successful campaign. But within a year, all that stuff had just run out. Yeah. Because in fact, the spending wasn't out of line. In fact, the busing plan made a lot of sense in the education world. In fact, those two new schools were located very, very well on the north side to kind of revitalize and draw some housing up there, and on the south side to draw some housing down there. So it made sense. Even if people were upset about it, some, but it made sense. And so now we have this similar thing where people are upset about critical race theory, which has never been taught in a K-12 public school setting in the country. And is it now? People are upset about mask mandates. Well, ah, the fact is, like, teachers are asking for a reasonably safe workplace for ourselves and our students. You know, so these types of things. And, and so then, you know, as a teacher's union, we represent the teachers. And we, you know, our motto is doing what's best for kids. We have what's... Uh, our kids' best interests at heart. And so then we're not looking for, in this case, like candidates that are just, you know, like really, really upset or spur of the moment what's, what's on their minds right now. We're looking for folks that understand what public service is, understand what K-12 public education is, things like that. Right. And so and, that's that's why we're here. And you can go to you, – you can. You, I think most of the candidates have their own social media and you kind of see what their platforms are. And you can look at those mm-hmm. platforms. And as a, as a group, you, you as a teacher's union, you've mm-hmm. decided these are the platforms that we like. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you had Juan Jimenez that, that – can I talk about that? We, we can. We can, but we're, we're going to hit break. Okay, so. then I'll, I'll, I don't want to – Yeah, so uh, that's, that's John Havlicek. He's the Lacrosse Education Association president and Central High School – longtime Central High School Spanish teacher. I love throwing long time in there yeah, just to make you feel do. bad. But we got to take a break. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just yapping. We're yapping the whole time. Brad Williams in the newsroom <laughs> runs in here. He's got to tell us all about 1992 because he <laughs> – Literally covered it because yeah, Brad's cool. Brad's uh, a he's been here forever and B he doesn't forget anything so <laughs> he could tell us everything and he did and he did he told us uh, I think uh, you but you got it right this story yeah. about 1992 school board recall election and um, the the district boundaries and stuff that uh, you know very I think people can what I like to relate to this stuff is like we've if you can dumb down your message. To something that I can just easily think about. <laughs> and, right, because I, I'm guessing in 1992, the idea of my kid having to go, instead of being able to maybe walk to right, school or bike right. to school, now he has to get on a bus mm-hmm. for 10 minutes yep. and go to the other side of town. Yep. 
that's really dumb. I don't want my kid to have to do that. It's cool that I, it, like, like the fifties and he can walk to school, yeah. you know, or whatever. Uh, so we, you just dumb down, and that's kind of how politics works. If you can dumb down the message, and one side does that way better than the other side. The other side wants, really wants to complicate things, but we're we've we've seen that now. I think in in the yeah. school board races, we've dumbed down the messaging to. I'm running on no masks and no, you know, I don't know, nobody, I don't think a lot of people around here are calling it critical race theory, but like this maybe like divisive history or uh, something, you know, I don't, in Indiana, I saw this, this, uh, they're, they're either trying or passed legislation where parents can opt out of teaching of black history. Yeah. And individual lessons and right. What is like, how is that even real? Like, and are we doing the opposite of that? Can black parents or, or just other parents opt out of white yeah. history? Can we yeah. can we opt out of it all? Like, what would what would opting out of, uh, you know, I actually don't like this math class. It's a little right. too black for me. Like, yeah, I just don't get, right? yeah, it just doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah. um, and then, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, don't even don't even go and see what Florida's trying to do with with everything because it's florida i don't even know i think maybe if florida broke off the peninsula and floated away it would be fine um but in iowa they're doing they're doing something you you were telling me they're in this is something that maybe we've discussed on the air before but i don't we for sure discussed it but the idea of live streaming your class yeah i think that was Iowa. like a 24 7 not 24 7 but like what a seven (laughs) a, a five day seven hour a day uh, where what would the camera just be like that? It would be up in the corner, and I mean, so I mean, so if you're watching me, I'm sorry, that's going to be really boring TV, right? I, I don't look like Brad Pitt. I'm not as funny as whoever. Did you I, though at one time, maybe? Yeah, no, never, no. unfortunately. And so, <laughs> so that's going to be bad enough. And you know, when we're practicing and doing kid activities, there's not even going to be anything to see there, right? Unless the audio is so fine tuned that you could hear. Me interacting with this child or this like, group of kids. Yeah, you're walking around with a microphone. Hey, John Havlicek yeah, here, like broadcasting you live. Of, uh, Bob Barker or something. Well, yeah. If the if the camera's in the corner, it would be pretty yeah. far away. But what, I don't understand. What are we trying to do with well, live streaming? What it, are we trying to find out? Trying to, well, it's it's because this there's this kind of false narrative that is being pushed that teachers are indoctrinating the kids, or we're doing all these these horrible horrible things, and I feel like. Okay, on the indoctrination thing, if I could really indoctrinate the kids, I would indoctrinate them to do their homework every day, to show up in class every time, to not talk when I or another student is talking. I mean, those would be the things we would be trying to get these kids to do. And I think they're worried that we're pushing some, I don't know, weird agenda, blah, 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 blah. You know what? We're studying Spanish, and the fact is, is with my older students, we do talk about things like human rights. We do talk about things like that, problems in our society, things of that nature. We talk about them in Spanish. And so... So only like a third of the class understands. No. <laughs> and so then there's the other side of it that that if you think, like, if, if folks want to look into a classroom, you and I were talking about it, it's so voyeuristic, and... It's so reality TV show. And I think it's a lot just of it not healthy. I think a lot of it is if I have a camera and I'm watching you the whole time. I don't know who would do that, but like, yeah. But eventually, maybe you'll say something and it'll be like, "Gotcha!" Like, right. "Ooh, there it is! You're right. out!" Like, and it's just like so you you would have to like tiptoe around. I don't know, but 
and I'm not even worried about myself. I mean, when it comes down to it, you know what? I'm an adult. I can take it. But yeah. we're also going to be looking at what about the kid who like says something that was really like, oh man, that wasn't even close. Yeah, that happens a lot. I bet. It, of course it does. <laughs> and now that kid has to be worried that somebody out on the internet is going to is going to see it. I think we can it. all relate to when we were in school once and said something. Yes. You know, raise your hand. Tried to answer a question. Yeah. Way off, like, buddy. You're so far good, off. good job. Right. Good, thanks know, for participating. Right, you tried. And and then what about the kid who is is living in poverty, which by the way is like forty percent of our school district. And all of a sudden, this kid's wearing you know the same the same jacket or the same sweatshirt every day because that's what they got. Yeah. You know, or whatever. I mean, like seriously. And it's you not turn like these kids into some kind of weird entertainment. And it's not like uh, those videos won't get out because. They're right. on the they're on right. the computer, and now right. someone's going to clip it out and and use it. And they're going to they're going to do the you know the I can't I don't know how to do this stuff, but the the whole manipulating of the audio and the whatever, and it's like come on, did you really like get real? Well, we haven't had that at least we haven't had that opportunity to no. in in Wisconsin no. where that's not a discussion yet. <laughs> Maybe it'll trickle down. It starts it starts what in Iowa or in Florida, and it yeah. just kind of eventually makes its way. Um, but you know, there's other, there's, you know, but it's, again, it's just dumbing down the message. Hey, this is what we want to do. Oh yeah. Like real easy. Like right away. If you think about it, like, Oh, we're going to live stream the class. Yeah. That would be a great idea. Then I know what my teacher is teaching. And then you start to think about like, Oh yeah. Except you're going to exploit all the kids uh, uh-huh. and the kids are going to know they're on camera. So they're probably yep. like having a dog in class. Maybe he's going to distract them a little bit, like having a camera in class. Yep. I bet some kids are going to be doing some stupid stuff towards or at the camera oh, yeah, or, yeah, you know, like, look camera. at, check me out right now. Right. At, you know, at one I'm making faces at the camera or something. Yeah. And I mean, let's think about what is the most like emotionally challenging stage of your life is like adolescence for a lot of folks. And now we're going to broadcast that. Yeah. Just uh, it seems pretty crazy. Um, all right, going back to, you know, we were talking about 1992 and and, and uh, the school board recalls, which, you know, it, like at, at some point they had to run on a message mm-hmm. and then those those uh, those school board members got recalled because they were running on a message that was very, dumbed down very easily. Like, yeah. oh, you know, what? we can go after him for this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't know the intricacies of how hard it is to recall a school board member, even though we just. Not too long ago, we did it for one guy in Alaska. If you remember that, that yeah, guy. Yeah, I but, wasn't involved in that, obviously. But no, yeah. but that guy was. He was saying some ludicrous stuff. I, if I remember right, he was talking about how he's the, the FBI and how like it was. You know, I'd have to go back and look. It just yeah. popped in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, we did experience a recall of a school board member not that long ago, but I don't remember the intricacies of it. Um, but now we're we're in the middle of a school board race, and the mm-hmm. Lacrosse Education Association is endorsed. Uh, three of the candidates, um, they're not all. Two of them are incumbents, right? And then uh, one is one is an incumbent. Juan Jimenez is the current school board president. Okay, so is there is there two incumbents in the six person race? Right? No, no. There's only just one. Just one. Okay, because the other incumbent got voted out in the primary. Right. Um, and then just so, and then one didn't run. Must have been right. Uh, yes, I believe that's correct. Okay, so. Um, but you know, like I guess, why? Again, can you just tell us why your group has decided to? Like, how does that conversation start? Oh, as a, sure. As a teachers union, I don't know. <laughs> is there 
Like all the teachers got together and said, hey, we need to, I don't know, how does that happen? Well, yeah, we do have a process internally. And when we, when we decided that we wanted to kind of wade into this, um, we, you know, we did some research uh, with, with former teachers and retirees and stuff like that. And then when we decided that we did want to make an endorsement, then we, we contacted uh, all eight of the candidates at that time. And we sent them a questionnaire, and I just asked them to fill it out. I got a few of them back, sent them to them again, mm-hmm. to the contact information that they had provided um, on their candidacy forms or whatever yeah. they had to fill up. And some folks responded, and some did not, and that's, that's okay, right? Um, so then we came up with three that we thought, um, after the primary then, we thought these three are the three that we think we need on the board. Right, but and, who is we? Oh, so how, how many people are, are sure. in on this? Well, so uh, do we, you do you send out a questionnaire to the teachers that you that you're you know responsible for? Oh no, we worked with some other groups as well, and to see like what what kind of questions do you ask right. on a questionnaire? And then our building reps, which is one or two people from each building, so that's about twenty five people, um, looked at the questions, and then we sent it out, and then our exec board. Uh, looked through the answers and then brought it back to our, which is like eight people. Yeah. And then we brought it back to our billing reps, uh, which is again those twenty five. Well, right. And, and then, we agreed on making the endorsement. Okay. Because then, because you get the answers back, then maybe you send those answers out to the teachers. At yeah, some we point. didn't send them out like to the building reps to anyway. all you know five hundred and some odd teachers. Right. No. Um, we send it out through the building reps. That's kind of the structure. Yeah, because uh, getting a consensus from all five hundred teachers would be impossible. You know, well, and it's the that's. I mean, that's part of why they, they choose the building reps, and that's why we have our exec board stuff, right. is to do some of that stuff and to say, well, this is what we feel. You know, this is, this is some guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about we have kind of a dual role. One is to represent. One is to, to guide the organization. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the, the, the top of that list is the school board president currently. Yep. Um, and then I'm the, Meredith Garcia is the other one, and yep. then Katie Burkadal Berk, is, yes. is the third. Um, I don't know. Was that a hard decision to come to? You know, there's there's six candidates, and then there's well, um, so of the six or candidates, eight, there was eight candidates there were at eight one point. Time. Of the six candidates that got through the primary, um, three did return the questionnaire, and three did not. And when we looked at the responses that we got from Mr. Jimenez and Ms. Garcia and Ms. Burkadal, um, we felt that their answers were very representative. That they understand public service. They understand public education. They understand uh, K twelve education. Um, and so, like in got any got any question questions that you remember that were on the just just off the top of your head? Like here's a couple of the um, questions we asked. Yeah, we did ask about like what do you feel about some of these hot button topics? Yeah, and, you know. And and they were very clear, like, well, number one, you know, the school board doesn't really get involved in curriculum. Yeah. We make the, you know, kind of bird's eye view decisions. Um, but as far as our student body and our staff, you know, we do need to, to be, say, representative of our diverse student body. Um, we do feel that, you know, well, you and I had talked briefly about critical race theory, right? That that's not something that's taught at all. Right. On the other hand, we do need to like be cognizant of systemic racism, mm-hmm. and we do need to be cognizant of 
how I, as a white middle-class male teacher, interact with all of my students, and am I supporting them, am I providing them the same opportunities, and so on and so forth. Um, and so all the three of these candidates, really, they understood what we feel it takes to be a, a good school board member from the adult side, like working with the employees, the student side, working with our students, and the community side, listening to parents, soliciting and, and respecting parent input, um, responding to the needs of the community, things like that. But you only got half the, half the candidates to reply. So did you have to go and dig for, for maybe what the other three candidates were well, representative? We, we had some informal research. Yeah. Um, but you know, they didn't, the other folks didn't reply. So I'm not sure what to say about that. I don't want to. Right. Well, they, you know, maybe they don't want your endorsement that, so that, you know what I possible. mean? But, it, but we also see, you know, uh, League of Women Voters held a forum and, you know, I think some candidates didn't, didn't participate in that either. I so that's correct. I, I just wonder, you know, are the, do they feel like they're being treated unfairly or do they want, not want to have too much of a message because, Maybe the, maybe they don't you know how school boards work. Well, I don't know. It just I, I seems you know I, I couldn't say. I, what yeah. I do know is, so you know we talked about Juan Jimenez. Um, you know he's got a lot of experience and he works at Western right now. He's already been the school board president. Uh, Meredith Garcia works with the College of Education. She uh, has kids in public schools. She's a product of public schools. She understands public schools. She understands K-12 education, uh, both experience-wise and, like, research-wise, that other side of things. Mm -hmm. And then you got Katie Burkett, who has this, like, you know, when we looked at the things that she's done, she's very – she's on the Lacrosse Community Foundation. She's on some different organizations like that. Um, she really brings the public service aspect to it, to serving on the school board. Because it's not like these folks are, you know, doing this as a full-time job, right? Yeah. They're donating their time, and they're getting some kind of – Ins well, in I, insignificant stipend. I right? try to watch the school board meetings once in a while, and it's not fun. They're not <laughs> exciting. They're not interesting. Like, they're, I, wouldn't enough, say, right? I wouldn't say they're not not interesting because sometimes they are pretty interesting. And you know what I really I find interesting is when students get in front of the school board to start the yeah. meeting with public comment. We've seen, yeah. I don't know. We haven't seen that lately. Uh, maybe tonight because I believe there's a school board meeting tonight. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I just I, I feel like uh, you know there, there needs to be a. a Wish there was a universal way to get everybody's message out there, mm -hmm. uh, so we know what you know. And, and also, the the League of Women Voters also did a, a talk, and I think Jimenez was part of it on what a school board member does. Yeah, you know what it's about. So I think there's there's some education there to go. Yeah. About. What do you think of school board members having to have like you know do they need to have kids in the district or do mm -hmm. they need to? You know, have some kind of stake in in the lacrosse school district aside yeah. from it being part of your community. Well, I don't think that should be a requirement. Okay, um, I, I I don't think that. But if someone is very, I mean, it's a, it's a matter of levels of engagement. You know, if someone just like someone who lives in Florida could not be a lacrosse school board person. They live in Florida full time, right? Right, because they're, they're just too far removed. You know, so someone who is a parent of children or previously who were in the school district has 
a higher level of involvement and and knowledge and experience of what goes on in the school district. Right. I like if I put myself in the in the shoes of somebody running for school board. You know, like just say I well I, I live in Houston County, so maybe I'm part of the Houston high school school board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have kids, so like yeah. you could right away be like, dude, you don't even have kids. Well, but like I'm pretty educated, and yeah. if, and I would look into you know obviously I would look into more of the issues with. Uh, that school district and what a school board member does, because I will say at this yeah. point, I wouldn't file. I wouldn't feel qualified to be a school board member at my at, at my uh, at, at this point anyway. So um, yeah, it's just that it feels like something yeah. that maybe some people are like willy nilly. I'm going to run and, and see what happens. Well, you know, so like I would say you're not disqualified by any stretch. OK, but that's that being said, you know, you're you're a member of the community and and so on and so forth. Someone who is who has kids in the system or has had kids in the system has a level of experience that you don't have yet. Right. For sure. And so, although it's not disqualifying, it's certainly relevant. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's John Havlicek. He's the lacrosse education association president and a central high school Spanish teacher. We're going to take one more quick break. All right. Welcome back to lacrosse talk. PM. Just a couple minutes here to wrap up with John Havlicek, the Lacrosse Education Association president and uh, longtime Spanish teacher. Okay, so 26 years. How many students do you think you've taught Spanish? <laughs> 24 <laughs> years. 24 years in lacrosse. Um, well, we loop a lot now, so I get a lot of the same kids. But thousands. And when you say loop, you say you get them in a, as a freshman and then you just keep teaching them sophomore, junior, yeah, senior? Yeah, you know, like usually there are enough freshmen that a couple teachers will split the freshman class and then one of them continues with the kids and then the other one just picks up another class and then maybe loops with another class is uh is spanish required because when i was in high school they made it sound like it was required so i took it and then i got done with it i was like well i look back i'm like that wasn't required at all and it was the stupidest thing ever did (laughs) no it's not required yeah it's more like one of those things like i tell my students you know especially now right with uh johnny and jordan davis playing for the badgers and stuff so I'll tell my kids, you know, how many of you want to be a Badger? How many of you want to go to, like, UW? Yeah. I say, okay, well, here's the deal. UW requires this, 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 and this. But most incoming freshmen have more than what they require. So if, if UW doesn't require any years of foreign language to get in, okay, what do most incoming freshmen have? Four or more years. Well, those are the kids you're competing against to get in, right, because Madison is exclusive, lacrosse is exclusive. <laughs> and so some kids said, they'll say, well, are there other ways? I'm saying, yeah, if you can throw a football 40, 40 or 50 yards, or you can dunk and shoot the three. I like think it's Johnny like 70. It's like 70 yards. Oh, yeah. I so. saw him throw a football against Logan. Oh, yeah. He had to throw that thing 50 yards on one step. Yeah, if the- you can do that, you can get in. But if that's not you, then you better take your math. You better take your English. You better take your world language. Yeah, So if but, but you got to get a C in it. Too right, like to get the four years of Spanish <laughs> because I I definitely got an F my first semester of Spanish. <laughs> you have to talk to the which is something that I don't think like it might have been the teacher. I'm not gonna blame her, but uh, it was just something that didn't like it didn't mm-hmm. get across, and it could have been definitely probably could have been me too, right? Um, but I always, you know, and I only got like 30 seconds here, but I always every time I have you on, I'm always like, we need to start teaching. You need to start teaching in yeah. like. First grade, or yeah, maybe even before that, right? Like just uh, watching more Dora the Explorer, where she's talking <laughs> in Spanish. I think she does that sometimes. Anyway, that John, thanks a lot for for thanks joining for me. me. And uh, if you want to go read his article, it's at wisdomnews.com. Yeah, that's all I got.